Welcome to the Erasmus Foundation podcast. My name is Paul Nugent. Are you looking for answers to life and its meaning? Then this may well be the very podcast you need to listen to. In a series of podcasts, we are going to look at the difficult questions of life and apply spiritual knowledge to find out the answers. Hello. Today, we're going to look at something very serious indeed, an issue that's occurring across the other side of Europe in Ukraine. A despot madman, in a way, I think, of the name of Vladimir Putin, who seems to be causing so much heartache and issues across the world today. And in response to that, Bedina wished to talk about the art of aggression. So greetings, Bedina. Greetings to you. And thank you for allowing me to speak on this subject. My pleasure, Bedina. Now, let's start off with a straightforward question as we can get. And that is, why is this man doing this thing? Hmm. Well, he has been planning this for quite some time now. He knows full well what he wishes to achieve by this action. He has prepared himself well. He has not been straight and honest when people have asked him why he should be accumulating such a large force of military vehicles and soldiers on the border around Ukraine. And he denied several times that he had any plans of aggression, which of course is entirely untrue. This has been going on for some years. And if you look at the history of this, going back to 2014 and beyond, and beyond, you will see really what has been, in a way, a thorn in his side, because he has wanted to show to the world, and particularly his own people, how he is strong and is doing all he can as he thinks or pretends for the benefit of the people in Ukraine and the people of his country in Russia, who should be joined in a common understanding, a common cause, a common politics. So that is his justification. That is his reasoning for pursuing these aims. 
by starting this war. Thank you, Bedina. Most people fail to understand what his purpose is in all this. What, what, why is he doing it? He's doing it because if you review his history and where he developed his political leanings, having worked within the KGB, within a very militaristic background, he has formulated in his mind that the right and the might of Russia should dictate these countries that were part of the original USSR should be maintained and replaced back in the control of Russia. They should be part of his political regime. Now, also, his excuse, and this is not entirely true, is that he feels threatened when all of these countries that were part of Russia at one time are now aligning themselves with the West. And he might see that as a betrayal of these Russo-type people showing their alliance and their goodwill towards the West. Now, that might be a little irksome for a dictator of Russia, but really it is not the excuse in reality for forming this aggressive war, because in truth, there is no threat from Europe, from America, from the West, generally speaking. But to justify this to his own people, he is suggesting that there is indeed a threat there. So he is responding accordingly. And that, of course, is not true. One of the things I find interesting, Dina, is the fact that he doesn't stand alone. There are other people that are following in his footsteps. And how does he attract their support? And, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to understand. They are paid well. They are promised much. And they know that if they fulfill all that he might wish, they would gain materialistic by these means. Very simple. Mm. And, and, and how does he justify? I suppose you've already told me that, really. How does he, do you think he really justifies it with the rest of the world, or, or doesn't he care? To a degree, he, he has a, an overinflated ego this man, and believes 
in his own strength. And by that way of thinking, he believes he is mighty and strong, and he will lead his people and do all that he thinks they should admire him for in bringing about progress within Russia. But the truth of this is that this war is going to bring ruin to many people, not just in the Ukraine, but his own people through the sanctions that are being enforced by Western countries. So he is going to do a lot of damage, which, of course, he is blaming entirely on the West. But as you know, many of his people, his public, know more of the truth of what is going on. They, many of them have suspected, and some of them know, that he remains in power illegally when the man he put in jail as his opponent politically was, in fact, the one who should be in his position now. And many people know this within Russia. And I would suggest, perhaps in time, he may be replacing Putin in that position of authority. We shall see how all of this evolves. Thank you, Padina. Now, in any war, you know, we talk about victory of war. So where do you think the victory lies for Putin, would you say? And how would he go about getting it? He, he feels that already he is winning by what he is achieving, by having his soldiers doing so much damage within the Ukraine. His aim is to destroy everything so that he can then walk in and take over the country entirely, regardless of its people and their wishes. He will just destroy everything that is in his way. And that is the nature of this man and his political endeavors and his designs. He is completely ruthless because in his own mind, in his own beliefs, he believes he is entitled to do this because he's regaining what Russia had lost, in his view. 
nothing to do with what the people want. It is entirely justifiable in his eyes because Russia had lost much which he believes she's entitled to get back. It's interesting, Medina, that um, what you're saying there, all the traits that he demonstrates to the world is in fact the same traits, isn't it, of someone who is definitely evil. A melagomaniac. Yes. And, of course, he's fulfilling his tapestry as it is meant to be. And the big question is really, or should be, what has man to learn from this? Why has this been allowed or intended to be? All the destruction the aggression, the damage done to young people, children, many innocents, all of this, for what purpose is this happening? And it is happening for a reason. Sadly, perhaps it has to happen to teach man much and also sad that even to date generally speaking this has had to happen because man has not learnt enough yet he still has things he must learn one of the things, Padina, that's suffering the most from this war, maybe people won't give it a lot of value, but we do here, and that is truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you say about the fact that truth is not actually being maintained in this situation? In fact, so many lies and falsehoods are told. Mm -hmm. Well... That has always been said, hasn't not? That truth is always the first victim of war. And where there is no truth, where there is falsehood, there can be no trust. And where there is no trust, then there may be conflict. And it is known very clearly now and has been very well demonstrated how this man Putin has not been honest and straight with many people, including the people of his own country. He has insisted that his reasons for going in to Ukraine is, on his words, a peacekeeping mission. 
which of course is complete contradiction to the facts. Does he think that all the people in his country would believe him when they have access to a great deal of media outside Russia to know what is happening, to know the truth of what is occurring when his own soldiers are communicating by phone back to their own people and to their families in Russia and explain what is going on. So the truth cannot be hidden. It will surface. It may take time sometimes that truth is hidden, but eventually it will surface without doubt. And that is clear what is happening now. And again, is that not another lesson man needs to learn the value and the importance of truth? Indeed. Now, of course, we've been taught here in the foundation that there is a purpose to all things. Mm -hmm. So what would you say the final gain for mankind would be at the end of all this conflict? I think it will help to break down barriers between East and West. Now, perhaps that might seem strange when this man is causing a great deal of conflict, mistrust, and war between the East and the West. But when the people of his country will want to join and share with the West to create commerce and trade between the East and the West. They will look to maintain a worldwide community of sharing, of understanding, and in coming together in trust and friendship. Once this man is no longer in power. And that will demonstrate to the world a great deal, I would suggest to you. And in a new world of spiritual evolvement and development, and in the world you are moving into, this sharing and trust between nations will be an essential part of that civilization. And that is to be. So perhaps it needs a negative situation such as this to then 
sponsor a more positive evolvement, development as a result. Thank you, Padina. In the future, will we have learned from this conflict in so much will future conflicts be less frequent and less aggressive? Well, yes. For two reasons I would offer to you. One, in the future, man will be taught from very young age how to evaluate truth, how to know if anyone was foolish enough to offer falsehood. It will be seen, it will be understood, and in that way, there can be no mistrust, no conflict in the future, because truth will abound. Truth and spiritual strength and courage will be foremost. So evil will find it difficult to hide behind falsehood, behind the mass of falsehood. So truth will always be foremost in all things. That is one point. There is also something else which is developing in your world. And it will develop more that the mind, the spiritual self, not the brain, the mind, will surface more, will be used more. The more spiritual self of people, the brain being just the physical computer of the body. But the mind will gain strength and surface more. And with this, any potential conflict will be eradicated by means of thought, the mind, and what you understand as computers at the moment will be developed so much more along the lines of biological, natural computers, which will provide the means with thought and the mind to prevent any physical aggressive attitude and action to be controlled and prevented from gaining any strength of force. That is happening now. And the research of 
military in different countries is inventing this form of technology. So it will be interesting to see how all this evolves. Some of that technology is being used now in this situation, but not strong enough to completely prevent what is happening. But it will surface soon after this time what has been going on with military intelligence, which is beyond the understanding and the knowledge of Russia maintained in the West. Thank you, Bedina. Thank you very much. Now, is there anything else you'd like to say before we close today? No, I called only to say I called this talk the art of aggression. And I think that if people were to look at the history leading up to this time, that Putin has been preparing this very, very well. And I think there is much to gain in understanding how well he, how adept he has been in pursuing his motives and his design to bring his country to the point of war as it is. Very, very interesting. And don't forget, he has not only tried to find the support of his people, he has also managed to direct his military leaders and other people around him who he has chosen of those he can trust to do what he bids. And that has taken quite, quite a strength. And he, as I say, he has been quite adept by these means. Thank you very much, Bedina. Thank you. Thank you. The Erasmus Foundation is a spiritual teaching and healing foundation based in Laxfield, Suffolk, in the United Kingdom. We have a webpage, www.erasmus-foundation.org. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, or indeed have further questions for us, then please contact me on paul at erasmus-foundation.org.
and we'll do our best to accommodate you. Thank you very much for listening.